0: Welcome to the Lawcast. My name is Melanie Thorley, and I'm the solicitor here at MJT Law. Today, I want to talk about redundancy. I know, horrible subject. All my dogs and cats are just roughing today. I've got shredding behind me, meowing. I've got three more roughing. Okay, redundancy. So. I have found over the last few months that there are a lot of myths in relation to redundancy. So, first of all, I'm going to talk about what is a redundancy, and then I'm going to talk about some of the myths, and hopefully at the same time, it's going to explain why some of those, uh, that's a little bit of misinformation. So, first of all, a redundancy is genuine here in Australia, uh, when there has been Um, a downturn in work or a restructure and the job is no longer required to be done by anyone. Um, We have two secondary considerations. The first one is, has the employer, or have you, uh, consulted in accordance with the award or enterprise agreement? And the other one is, it would have been reasonable in, in all the circumstances to redeploy. So if we just focus on the first one, that it's a restructure or a downturn and the job doesn't isn't required to be done by anyone. Now, a lot of people think that because the job has been broken up, that some of the job still exists, that their job still exists. Now, the courts and the commission have considered that a job is a collection of functions, duties and responsibilities, entrusted in an employee um, from the employer uh, to undertake their job. Now, that really is your job description or your job title and your job description. It's what you do from day to day. Now, it is a possible for an employer or for you to break up those collections of functions, duties and responsibilities and distribute them amongst other people in the business and newly created positions. And still, we need to consider whether the job the person had the collection functions and duties that person had still exist after the restructure or the reorganization so it's not about whether any of the duties exist anymore it's not about whether a newly created position exists anymore it's really about whether that job itself in its current form exists now also, the other thing to think about when it comes to redundancy is that if there are any, um, if there is any job left to be done, it doesn't mean your job isn't also still redundant. Remember, it's about that whole, whole kind of. It's my two border terriers; they are trying to play. Um, It's about whether or not the job itself exists after that restructure. Now, the other two kind of considerations is consultation under an award or enterprise agreement. Now, consultation is stated it actually states what consultation is in an award or enterprise agreement and usually it's about notifying that person that the job might be redundant giving them an idea of what might happen to them talking to them finding out whether they've got anything to say about that and then notifying them when their job has actually been terminated gives the employee a chance to get a heads up and say something about it now not all employees here in australia have um, are required to be consulted and that means that an employee could literally be told they're redundant and that's it that's the first i've heard of it and that's that's the last they are in the business. They, they are essentially told to pick up their stuff and, and leave at that moment. Yeah, that's really tough. Um, and it's understandable that people get upset, but it's not necessarily unlawful. Uh, if you don't fall under a, an enterprise agreement or award that requires the employer or requires you to consult, then you don't have to consult. The other thing about consultation is it's quite a low bar. Um, all the employer needs to do is notify the employee as soon as they absolutely make a decision that the redundancy is happening, that the redundancy is happening. And that could, in a small business, that could be turning on a dime. It might be a matter of days. It might be a matter of hours. Um, It's hard to say, but the fact that somebody actually consults before they're terminated is usually enough. We usually say, wait a day or two, Um, Let the person know that they might be made redundant and maybe the next day, if you're a very small business, um, you know, create that redundancy or it's a larger business and you've got time to really consult and really um, find out from those employees whether they've got, you know, whether there's any other opportunities in the business, then obviously it takes more time. Uh, For most large companies, it could take up to six months for a process like that to happen from conception to execution. So, now that we've established that a person is redundant, what happens then? Well, apart from the termination of employment or redeployment, what happens next is we need to turn to section 119 of the Fair Work Act, which states that if a person is made redundant, there is an entitlement to redundancy pay. If the employee... um, Um, if the employer has 14 or less employees. Now, yesterday, there was a bill that's just been passed that needs to be ascended to um, that has changed that proposition slightly. So right now, for businesses that weren't classified, um, if you've got... At the moment, there's a new bill that's just been passed where you have a large business, so a business that's not classified as a small business, so 14 or less employees, uh, and through attrition, they've reduced themselves to under the um, threshold, so 14 or less employees, and then those the remaining employees aren't entitled to redundancy under the current regime. There has been a change in, in law, and that happened, uh, that was... Uh, voted on yesterday by Parliament and we've just got to wait for that to come through which will be pretty soon uh, that that's going to change that proposition for those companies that were large and are now small but only in matters in relation to insolvency I think it's, it's worth just stopping and thinking about that once it, the, we've, we've actually got the documents together. I'm just giving you a heads up that there's a new thing that's happening. So Under section 119, um, if you're not a small business, you're entitled to a redundancy pay. Now, if you are a small business, then those employees wouldn't be entitled to a redundancy pay. So if there is an entitlement, what happens if you give an opportunity to a new job? Section 120 of the Fair Work Act says that if you have found suitable other employment, or or you've offered suitable other employment, whether the employee has said yes to that offer or not, or uh, you can't afford to pay, you can actually make an application to the Fair Work Commission to reduce that redundancy. That's the entitlement under section 119, uh, all the way down potentially to zero. So that means that the employer isn't actually able to make a unilateral decision that the redundancy isn't to be paid. They must make that application to the Fair Work Commission first. Have the Fair Work Commission make that decision and determine whether or not um, there is a reduction in the redundancy pay. So there's this kind of, there are two myths here. The first myth is uh, an employer Employee employer is always entitled to redundancy, and that's not necessarily true. The second myth is that the employer can make a decision not to pay redundancy if there is a suitable other employment that's offered. Now, simply that's not true. Neither of those things are true. So, first of all, you may not be entitled to redundancy if you've been offered um, uh, alternative employment and you've turned it down uh, or the, there's no capacity to pay. And second, and the other one is the employer must make that application. So there's a lot of kind of interest around that. Also, I've got, I've had these kind of questions about when, when redundancy pay must be paid. Now, someone told me the other day that redundancy pay must be paid within two or three days of being made redundant. Now, If you fall under an award or enterprise agreement that specifically states when you must be paid your final pay once termination is affected, and that could be termination by redundancy, then, yeah, you as an employer must pay it within that time frame. But otherwise, we need to turn to common law, which talks about reasonable time. Now, reasonable time is generally considered to be within the next pay run. So if you don't have something in the award or enterprise agreement, then it needs to be within the next pay run. But look, as an employer, I would absolutely encourage you, once you've decided that a redundancy is happening, to really think about whether it's worth paying it out straight away within a, the, a day or so of the redundancy taking place. That supports the employee a bit more, it, it, it alleviates any stress, and it is possible to do off-cycle pay runs. So my, I would encourage employers to do that, but they absolutely do not have to. <clears throat> the last myth is uh, the one about consultation. You must consult for seven days, you must consult for a certain amount of days. That's not what the award or enterprise agreement usually says. In fact, I could be wrong, but there's about 180 awards and enterprise agreements. I'm not sure any of them say that. Um, most of them will say that you need to consult when you find out that you're going to be making these changes to let your employer know as soon as possible. And then there's a, there's a criteria of what that consultation is. So it's not about timeframes here. It's about what's happening in the business. Uh, honestly, the smaller the business you are, the quicker that turnaround is probably going to be. Um, And once an employer has an idea of what they're doing, most of the time in small business, they really just want to get on with it and execute it. So there's no positive requirement for an employer to consult for any particular days. Okay, everyone. Um, Hopefully, that is most of the uh, redundancy myths busted. Uh, and hopefully you have a better understanding of what a redundancy actually is. Remember your job is a collection of functions, duties and responsibilities, entrusted upon you from your employer. And if they break up those functions, duties and responsibilities, and distribute them amongst other people, and create new positions, for those functions, duties and responsibilities, your job still could be redundant. And that's a really key one, I think, because people really don't understand what redundancy actually is. Uh, and then of course, you've got section which talks about the entitlement to pay re- um, to receive redundancy or the requirement to pay redundancy. And that's section 120 of the Fair Work Act, which talks about uh, when an employer can make that, when that employer should make that application to reduce that redundancy if they so wish to um, uh, attempt to avoid it for reasons of insolvency, um, not capacity to pay, or in fact they've offered that other position. Now, ah, oh, the last uh, myth, when it comes to redundancy payment, is if you ask your employees to go into a pool of applicants, even if it's an applicant of two, then that doesn't forego your responsibility to pay redundancy, even if that person um, gets that job, because that is not a job offer. That is an offer to go into a pool of applicants. So it's really important that you, as an employer, understand that you are there are entitlements there that you need to consider so if you are making your employees apply for jobs even if the application is internal even if it's with amongst two people that is not an offer of redeployment that is an offer to go into a pool of applicants and even if that employee receives that job and gets that job ultimately that does not mean that you are avoiding redundancy pay it's a really interesting one Thank you everyone for listening. It was a little bit of a a jibba jab about redundancy today, so hopefully you've all picked that up. Um, I hope you have a brilliant fortnight, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks for watching the LawCast. See you later.